On today's episode, I'm going to pull my best Ted Lasso and tell you why you should believe in the Oklahoma Sooners in 2022. We'll talk about it from several fronts. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show over on YouTube as well. Love to hear your feedback and get your feedback on all things Sooners athletics. Right now, we're still talking football, just kind of transitioning from the 2021 season to the future. And, uh, on yesterday's show, I kind of went through some of my, my seasonal awards uh, for the 2021 season, but let's talk about the future. Last week, I kind of did an episode that asked the question, like, should we, what should we expect from the Oklahoma Sooners in 2022, given the coaching change, giving all the transfers that were lost, the, the guys that went to the NFL draft. Um, and rightfully so, you know, a lot of folks kind of had, had a lot to say about, uh, that show and disagreed with some of my, my points and, and I totally get where you're coming from. Um, and I'll just say, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I generally see the brighter side of things. I generally see, um, the lighter side of things. And so I do want to take some time to talk about why Oklahoma should be really, really good. And we'll get back into contention in the 2022 season, because there are certain aspects of this team that I do believe will put them in contention for 2022. First of all, let's talk about the coaching staff. Brent Venables is a guy that's closer in his temperament and personality to a Kirby Smart, a Nick Saban, a Dabo Sweeney. Guys that are, you know, they they value hard work. They value, you know, putting in great effort. They value character. They value integrity. They want guys that value that as well. They want guys that are of high, you know, work ethic, of high character, of high quality. And some of that is going to help to, to translate into wins. Uh, you know, Brent Venables is just leading this team into a whole new direction with the culture. And, that, and that's going to be, that's going to pay off big for them, not just in 2022, but down the road as well. I mean, what they're instilling by bringing back a guy like Jerry Schmidt is an, a, an attitude that is physical, an attitude that's, we're going to work harder than you. We're going to outwork you on the field and in the off season and in practice and in training camp and fall camp, spring practice, they plan to be a very well conditioned team, a tough team and a team that has great mental fortitude. And that's going to bode well for the Oklahoma Sooners. Cause we've seen over the years, we saw at times during the Lincoln Riley era that they'd be great for a half and then have to hold on to win in the second half or have to come back. You know, they'd be bad in the first half, come back to win in the second half. And so Brent Venables is trying to build a 60-minute football team. And it takes finding guys that that can fit that and can do that. And if this was a team that had played 60 minutes all year long, we're probably talking about them as a potential college football playoff team. But that's not what happened. They had letdowns throughout the season. But it's a new era with Brent Venables. All right, let's talk about the offensive staff. 
keeping your offensive staff mostly together, I love that continuity because it's going to help just like bridge the gap between the players and their new offensive coordinator and Jeff Levy. So that when the, the, the system is being described by the position coaches in their position meetings, there's going to be, it's going to be much easier communication than if Jeff Lebby is having to, you know, communicate it to his position coaches and the, and we got new position coaches that are now having to kind of speak a new language to the players. Every offensive system comes with its own language. While, you know, a lot of the play design might be similar, the route concepts might be similar, how the language reads in those playbooks is not always the same from one system to another. And so having guys like Kale Gundy, DeMarco Murray, uh, Bill Biedenboe back in, in, the, in the offensive playroom, offensive play calling system, having those guys to be able to take Jeff Lebby's system, what he wants to do offensively, communicate it to the players, that's absolutely huge for this team. And I think it's going to help with the continuity, having you know, that, that group of guys that the offensive players know, the offensive players that are sticking around, the ones that are coming in in the 2022 class, having those guys around is going to be huge for this team as well. On the defensive side of the football, it's a new day. Like We're going to have – we're getting away from the Alex Grinch style of play, which was really frustrating at times – especially when they're in like third and five situations and their cornerbacks are playing eight to 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. That was maddening. Now you're going to have a team, a defense that is looking to be in your face, aggressive style of defense. Uh, I'm going to have an article out of the Sooners wire, just looking at the top, you know, top player who led their, the Clemson team in sacks by year uh, during Venable's tenure. And they had guys that were getting 12 and a half sacks a year. One, one year they had two guys with 12 and a half sacks. So they're going to be coming at the Oklahoma or the, the opponents. Um, and they're going to have guys that are going to put up big numbers in this defense. And so I'm excited about it. You know, I, I find it a little bit odd that they've got three co-defensive coordinators in Ted Roof, Jay Valai, and Todd Bates. At the same time, you're going to have several guys putting their their thoughts and their uh, their efforts into designing a defense that's going to maximize the efforts of the players and maximize the skill sets of the players. There's a lot of great experience in Ted Roof, who helped Auburn win a national championship. Obviously, Brent Venables, who is going to, it's going to be his defense. He's going to be running this defense. But he's got guys that have a ton of experience, have had a ton of success at different places. Uh, Todd Bates, obviously, at Clemson. Jay Valai recently with Alabama. And having those guys that have been in some great systems, you know, I, like we talked about, Ted Roof with Auburn, Todd Bates was in Venable's system, and then Jay Valai coaching under Nick Saban. I think that's going to help like them grow as a team, grow as a unit defensively and establish a culture defensively that is trying to be what Brent Venable said is just suffocating, dominating defense. And if they're able to accomplish that, which there's no reason to think that they won't be able to, especially given the recruiting chops that Todd Bates and Jay Valai bring to the table. In addition to, you know, guys like Miguel Miguel Chavis, who seems to be a really, really great recruiter off the bat, already making some, some good, um, connections and, and communications and the idea that this coaching staff a lot of them especially on the defensive side of the ball have been so effective in recruiting in the southeast where you get like dudes like legit dudes out of florida 
uh, in the southern states, Alabama, Georgia, things like that. And if you can bring those guys to Oklahoma, it's going to drastically transform the style and identity of defense that these guys play. This is no disrespect to the type of players that they had previously because you had some really, really good players. But, I mean, you look at the two-lane transfer that committed uh, on Friday. This guy, Jeffrey Johnson, he's 330 pounds. He's a legit nose tackle. You don't have – you haven't had a guy like that. They could legitimately plug up the middle of a defensive line or the offensive line and slow the run game. Now you've got one of those guys. And they're targeting those types of guys in the recruiting, and they're trying to build a big, strong physical front. So I love what they're doing on that side. Um, I want to talk about what's happening on the offensive side of the football and in general just what they're trying to do through recruiting, through the transfer portal. Uh, but first, I want to talk to you about GetUpside. My listeners are using GetUpside and getting up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas cash back every time they fill up. You just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now and use promo code SCORE, and you can get even a bonus of $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back per gallon on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card like Amazon or for other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank and up to $0.25 cents per gallon after that using promo code SCORE. I also want to talk to you about BetOnline. It's the new year, and BetOnline is happy to bring you into the new year with the number one spot for all sports wagering action in 2022. You got a new updated desktop and mobile website, so go sign up today. Use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You put in $100. Bet online will give you $50. You can bet on football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. And don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. So go to Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. So let's talk about what is happening just in the recruiting aspect, the talent acquisition aspect of what Brent Venables and this team is doing. They're just trying to get the best players possible. Let's look at the quarterback situation in particular. They lost Caleb Williams to the transfer portal. Immediately after that, they had Dylan Gabriel committed on the way to Oklahoma and presumptively to be the starting quarterback. Uh, The only real challenger at the time was Nick Evers, who'd committed a guy who was previously committed to Florida, decommitted after the coaching change there, committed to Oklahoma, Um, not long after Jeff Levy came on board as the offensive coordinator. Then you add in the idea that, okay, Chubba Purdy, the Florida State quarterback, brother to Brock Purdy, is visiting Oklahoma. Then you throw in USC quarterback Jackson Dart, who who entered the transfer portal after Lincoln Riley uh, became the head coach over there. So you add in guys, you have three guys who have played uh, high-level college football, at, at some point for at least a limited amount of time in Dylan Gabriel, Jackson Dart, and Chuba Purdy, all interested in coming to Oklahoma. Now, you may not land all three, 
but there's a really good chance you're going to get, I mean, you've got Dylan Gabriel, really good chance you're going to land at least one of Chuba Purdy and Jackson Dart. And there, while I might have kind of doubted this situation actually playing out, there's a pretty good chance that it's going to be Jackson Dart. Um, obviously, there's still things to transpire and there's still meetings to take place, but uh, you know, he sounds like he really enjoyed his visit to Oklahoma and could end up coming and being the a quarterback to compete with Dylan Gabriel for the starting job. Now, if he's able to win it, that's all great. You got a guy that can be with your program for this year and at least one more. <clears throat> Excuse me, got a frog. Uh, not a horn frog, though. That no, nah, that's to that. But you've got a guy in Jackson Dart who could come in and, and challenge Dylan Gabriel, and competition is a good thing. But I think that this is what they're doing throughout the roster is they're just trying to find good players. They're not necessarily worried about how many positions they've got at different places. They're just going to try and bring in the best players they can and allow competition to determine who's going to be doing what and who's going to be playing and, and starting for this team. So offensively, something that you should believe in is Dylan Gabriel. Like the guy is a legitimate quarterback. He's a really good passer. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a better quarterback than Caleb Williams, but I will say he's a good enough quarterback. I mean, we just saw Spencer Sanders win the Big 12, or sorry, not win the Big 12. We saw Blake Shapin win the Big 12. Spencer Sanders also competed in that Big 12 championship game. I would not consider one of those two guys one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12. I mean, Blake Shapin was a, a freshman guy who barely had any starts when he came into that game. Spencer Sanders, we know, is a turnover machine. He had a really great game uh, against Notre Dame, but he's hot and cold. Like one game, he's great. Like against Oklahoma, he was fantastic against Oklahoma. The next week against Baylor, he lays an egg, has a month off and plays great against Notre Dame. So you never know what you're going to get with Spencer Sanders. So we don't have to have the quarterback that's as good as Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield or Jalen Hurts. They don't have to be that good for them to win. The reality is they have to be able to hit their targets. They got to be able to hit their receivers and continue just to move the chains. Like we got so used to having Heisman contender quarterbacks winning football games for this team that even like, I think we all grew accustomed to like, we have to have the very best quarterback of, available. And if we don't, we're not going to be able to score enough, but teams get by having, you know, four star quarterbacks, three star quarterbacks, and they win a lot of games. Uh, and Dylan Gabriel is a guy that's comfortable in Jeff Levy's system. And that's going to help, the Oklahoma Sooners, again, we talked about it in the first segment, you know, just communicating the system to the players. Having a guy like Dylan Gabriel is going to help communicate the system to his offensive uh, cohorts, just the different, you know, having creating a chemistry with the receivers because he knows what the offense is looking for, what it's calling for. And when they get together to work, it's not so much they have to spend a lot of time learning the offense, but they can build chemistry because Dylan Gabriel already knows the offense. He can help get the offense set and settled and put into the right position. Um, and then you consider the idea that you know, you've got a lot of your you know, like top talent coming back. Yeah, you lost Kennedy Brooks. Yes, you lost Marquise Hayes and Tyrese Robinson. But you've got you know, a guy like McCade Meteor from Cal who transferred in a guy with 28 starts under his belt you, that you can throw in on the interior offensive line next to Andrew Rame and, and Chris Murray on the other side. And you've got three guys in the interior offensive line that now have a lot of experience playing. Um, it's, 
it matters. Experience along the offensive line, playing together on the offensive line matters. You're breaking in new guys in Antoine Harrison, excuse me, at left tackle and Andrew Raymond center. Now those guys have a bunch of, of games and a bunch of snaps under their belt. And you blend them with, you know, a guy like uh, Meteor uh, who could potentially, you know, plug in at left guard. And then you figure out your right tackle position and you're in a bunch, you know, you're in a different place on the, along the offensive line, but they've got, they're, they're going to have options to replace, you know, Robinson and Hayes. I mean, were they good? They, yeah, they were good, but they're not necessarily like the best offensive lineman Oklahoma's ever had. And so this is going to be a team that's going to be, that should be able to replace that, that ability and that production uh, without much effort. And you might even get, you know, better production, uh, but being able to kind of keep those guys intact, it's going to help. Uh, along with, you know, some of your skill position players, you know, sometimes I, I even forget about Marvin Mims. I talked about him on yesterday's show, like as the forget, you know, forgotten man of the year, like he had 700 yards, 32 receptions and average 22 yards per reception. But for some reason, Lincoln Riley just didn't get him the ball consistently. Like this is a guy that's got the talent to go for 1200 yards in a season and 10 touchdowns, but they didn't get him the ball consistently enough. And, I don't know if it was just the lack of creativity and how to get Marvin Mims the football or if teams were just completely taking him away in certain games, but there were games where he just did not record a stat or he had one or two targets on the game. That's criminal for a guy that's as good as he is. Uh, then you saw, you, you got Theo Weiss coming back. That's huge for this team because again, it gives you a veteran uh, that can run that possession re- receiver uh, route tree. Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to kill in the short to intermediate part of the field, similar to like Jaleel Farouk. We saw in the Oregon game, Jaleel Farouk was just great. Like he played really, really good after the catch. Um, and he's going to be a guy that you could probably, you know, float into the slot and be really, really productive uh, with, with a guy like Dylan Gabriel throwing in the football. You know, I'm excited about what's coming back along, you know, with the running back group. Um more than anything, I feel like there's just an energy, a reinvigorated energy about the program, and the players feel that too. Um, you know, the the players are. You, know, you get guys like Braden Willis coming back. I think that speaks volumes. A guy like Deshaun White, um, linebacker, who also decided that he's going to return to the Sooners on Friday. You get those two, those kind of guys back that were that have played for the Sooners for several years now, Deshaun White, he's going to be going into his fifth year for the team. They want to be a part of what Brent Venables and this coaching staff is doing here at Oklahoma. Um, Sorry, it's been a long day. And uh, I'm that's, that's part of what gets me so excited about this team is seeing the players get excited, seeing transfers wanting to come and play for the Oklahoma Sooners and play on this, on this defense play with this team, play with this coaching staff. Um, There is a lot to be excited about with the 2022 team. I think there's, they're a team that's going to be able to contend and going to be able to compete in the big 12 and potentially get back into the national title landscape. Uh, Next, I want to talk a little bit more about the defensive side and what I'm excited, what I'm looking forward to there. Because I think there's some guys that are, are going to be able to stand out and, and have good seasons for the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, again, I'm an optimistic guy. I do see the bright side in things. I want to see some things kind of transpire and play out that will help 
answer some of the questions I might have about this team, but overall I'm loving where this team is heading and I'm excited about the future. Despite, you know, sometimes when you run a solo podcast, you kind of end up arguing with yourself a little bit because you see, you, you try to look at it from all the angles and that's really what a lot of last week's episode was, is just trying to see all the different angles of this team. And sometimes you just can't cover everything about it. Uh, but coming up next, let's talk more about the defensive side and what I'm, what I'm excited about and why I'm optimistic about that side of the ball. Uh, but first, let me talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's easy to eat. It's 100% covered in chocolate. It tastes like a candy bar. And to me, it's even better than candy bar. I'm using it right now. It's kind of my sweet treat as I'm trying to cut off sugar and sweets uh, from other, you know, other resources. But I'm also trying to cut meat for a little while just so I don't eat as much fast food because I, I tend to eat a lot of fast food. But like Built Bar is just, it tastes great. 130 to 180 calories, anywhere from you know 13 to 17 or 18 grams of protein. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie. I love like Reese's peanut butter cups. I love chocolate peanut butter combinations. And so that peanut butter brownie, it hits home for me every single time. Like it just tastes so stinking good. The coconut brownie chunk is fantastic as well. So go to built.com, use promo code locks 15, get 15% off your next order at built.com. All right, let's talk about the defensive side of the football things that I'm excited about. Um, I'm excited that a lot of your secondary is back. Like, you do have Woody Washington and DJ Graham coming back. Both guys that I feel like could play in the NFL, top talents, you know, with good years for like a guy like Woody Washington. I feel like he could end up being a top 100 pick if he's able to stay healthy throughout the season because that's what really hurt his 2021 season. DJ Graham, I I feel like he was up and down on the year. I think he could play better. I think getting into a system with Brent Venables with a coach like Jay Valai, uh, a system that's going to put pressure on opposing offenses. I think that pressure will start with a lot of bump and run, a lot of press man on the outside that, and with, if Brent Venables is going to blitz more, then it's going to not necessarily leave those guys sitting on the Island for as long. And, you know, quarterbacks are going to have to get the ball out. They're not going to have these long developing pass plays, uh, at linebacker, I'm excited about, you know, I'm excited about Deshaun White being back, David Aguebu getting more snaps, D- Danny Stutzman. I mean, we saw some flashes from Danny Stutzman this year that I think are, are very encouraging. I already talked about the defensive front a little bit. On the interior in particular, I like what they're building. I mean, they've already got some really good guys in Jordan Kelly, Isaiah Coe, Leron Stokes, guys that may not have gotten a ton of snaps, Jalen Redmond, a ton of snaps last year. But then you bring in a guy like Jeffrey Johnson to play the nose tackle, that one technique position that lines up kind of over the center or just to the right or left of the center in the A-gap. And then you have a guy like Jalen Redman who can be that legit three-tech and play more of the B-gap, similar to like what Perrion Winfrey was doing or what uh, Neville Gallimore was doing at times before him. If they can use him more in that penetrating, I'm not trying to take on – I'm not trying to draw double teams. I'm just trying to beat my man to the gap. Uh, I think that's going to really fit his skill set quite well because he is explosive off the line of scrimmage. And then on the edge, like this is kind of going to be exciting. Guys like Reggie Grimes, Marcus Stripling, and Ethan Downs, Clayton Smith as well, they're going to have an opportunity to to be very, very productive in Brent Venable's defense. You look back at his history with uh, Clemson, and he had guys that you know ended up with 12 and a half sacks or more, like Clellan Farrell, Vic Beasley, um, 
Oh, I'm blanking on some other names. Carlos Watkins off the interior, defensive tackle, led their team in sacks one year. Isaiah Simmons, a linebacker, like he had very like he had the leading sack getter uh, for his defense year by year. Wasn't always a defensive end. Sometimes it was a linebacker. Sometimes it was a defensive tackle. Uh, you know, Cleveland Farrell led it for three years in a row or two years. Carlos Watkins had uh, from the defensive tackle position had ten and a half sacks. Uh, then you look at you know a guy like Vic Beasley who led the team in sacks for three years. He had eight sacks in 2012, 13 in 2013, and then nine in 2014. Uh, Kevin Dodd and Shaq Lawson, 12 and a half sacks apiece in 2015. Uh, and so these are you know teams that are very good at getting to the quarterback. And I think that's what's going to help this team in the Big 12 because you got to be able to to affect the passer. You got to rush the passer. You got to uh, put pressure on the quarterback. And not only will these guys be able to put pressure on the quarterback in Brent Venable's scheme, but they'll be able to bring the quarterback down and, and create those spout, splash plays. So I'm liking where this team is heading. I do have some question marks about certain aspects of the team, but overall I like where this team is heading. And I, the more I look at it, the more I like what they are going to be able to do in 2022 and, you know, sometimes we all have some, some uh, pessimistic days, but ultimately this Brent Venables team is going to have a different culture. It's going to be a whole different animal. It's going to look, you know, not necessarily the same schematically, but I think it's going to come with us the same kind of fire that we saw from Baylor and Dave Aranda's squad where they were just in your face, pressure, 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 hard nosed football, on both sides of the football, but the difference is going to be that Oklahoma's quarterback situation and passing game situation is going to be in much better shape than uh, what Baylor's was. So yes, I know last week I was coming at this kind of, kind of harsh and, and, or with a lot of questions, but there are things that I'm excited about with this team that I think can put them into big 12 contention and potentially into play college football playoff contention as well. So that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and making locked on Sooners your first listen every single day. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with more uh, Oklahoma Sooners coverage uh, as we kind of we're now in like recruiting season, national signing days, like just a, more, a little more than a couple weeks away. And then spring football will be right around the corner. So while we have, little more than or a little less than nine months until the start of college football season. We'll have plenty of football to talk about here on Locked On Sooners. But until next time, I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.